Yechezkel chapter 5, essentially is a continuation, as I mentioned last time, chapter 4 and 5 are connected to each other. So in chapter 4, we have Yechezkel acting out the siege. And the acting out there is, first of all, to incise on a brick the city of Jerusalem and to place around it a siege, a mound, camps, battering rams, and to put that iron plate between himself and the city. But then, as chapter 4 continued, we remember, he is told to lie on his two sides. First to lie on the left side, and then to lie on the right side. And quite a, a long time, he's told to lie on one side 390 days, and that's representing the sin of Israel, that is the northern kingdom. And then he's told to lie on his right side for 40 days. 40 days representing 40 years. Yom Rushana, Yom Rushana, Netativ Each day that you lie on the side represents the sin of the year. That's what he told in the continuation of chapter 4. Of course, it reminds us of the expression that we find in the Torah, in the story of the scouts that were sent out, the Meraglim, in the book of Bamidbar, chapters 13 and 14, and they traversed the land for 40 days, and when they came back, they gave a bad report. They dissuaded the people from possessing the land, and Moshe is told that the people will be in the desert for 40 years. Yom Rishana, Yom Rishana. One year for every day the scouts were in the land. Here we have a similar expression, and essentially the two are related. In the first instance, it's about not possessing the land. In the second instance, in our book, Yechezkel, in chapter 4, it's about being expelled from the land. But then the chapter continues, and he's told to do additional things. Furthermore, in verse number 9, he's told to take He's told to take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and to put them in a vessel, to bake them into bread, and eat it for all of those days. Eat it as you lie on your side. 390 days you shall eat it. And the food that you are eating, he is told, should be You shall eat by weight, 20 shekels a day. That's a very small amount. You shall drink water by measure. Mayim bimisora tishter, drink water by measure. Shishitahin may eight ade tishter. In the course of 24 hours, a sixth of a hin in the space of a day, which is a very small amount of water. In other words, virtually starvation, a starvation diet, one might say. And that's what you are to eat. And of course, this will represent, we are told, the situation of Israel, who is suffering, not having enough food to eat. There's expulsion. And there is, in fact, starvation. And in addition to that, in addition to all that, Yechezkel was told that the food that he is to eat, barley cake, begalulei se'at adam to ugenelienehem. You shall eat it, bake it on human excrement before their eyes. Again, not speaking to them, but demonstrating through his behavior what awaits them. And here it's very interesting that in chapter 4, Yechezkel objects. He says, after God has told them, this is the way Israel will eat their bread, unclean, among the nations to which I will banish them. All of this is an acting out of what awaits the terrible things that await Israel. 
And Yechezkel objects. He objects, and the specific details of it are not clear. But the objection is, Aha, a woe to me, O Lord God. Yechezkel objects. He says, I've never eaten this kind of food. I've never eaten anything unclean. Not torn animals, not trefa, not pigul, which is the rabbinic understanding of pigul is one thing. It's something which is unfit to eat, often in a sacrificial context. Now, we have to remember that Yechezkel is a priest. He's a Kohen, and that's very important in the book that he's a Kohen. This is a book in which the temple's at the center. We'll come back to this over and over again. So he objects, and God actually concedes this to him. He says, okay, instead of eating it on human excrement, I allow you cow's dung instead of human excrement. In other words, what you have in chapter 4 is one thing after the next, a description of what awaits them, and it gets worse and worse. And now you come to our chapter, which is chapter 5. And in our chapter, he's told at the beginning of chapter 5, which is essentially a continuation of chapter 4, the Atoben Adam He's told at the beginning of chapter 5, take a sharp knife, use it as a barber's razor, pass it over your head and beard, and take scales and divide the hair. So he used to take a cherev, a knife, a sharp knife, and to shave himself, head and beard, and then to take the hair and to weigh them, to take them and divide them up into three parts. Shlishit bo'ur tavir betochair. One third of them shall be destroyed in a fire in the city. Take one third and burn it. Bimlot yimehamatsar, when the siege, the days of the siege are finished. And one third, strike it with the sword. And the last third shall be scattered to the wind, unsheath a sword after them. So this is a continuation of what we have in the previous chapter, but it's even worse. Now, as far as this last third is concerned, in verse number three of our chapter, chapter five, of this last third, take a few hairs and tie them up in your clothing and take some more of them and cast them into the fire, burn them in the fire. From this, the fire shall go out against the whole house of Israel. So it sounds like there's some of these hairs that represent the people. Maybe they're not burnt up, but the majority of them will be destroyed. The fire will go out against all of Israel. So this is a continuation of the previous chapter, but of course, a terrible description. What's interesting is that in this description of what awaits, the key word seems to be the word cherev. And there's the cherev, in verse number, uh, in the second third, he's told, of course, in the very beginning, in verse 1, to take a, a sharp knife, cherev chada, and he's told, in addition, that the second takeba cherev, to hit it with the sword, and the third, to throw to the wind, 
v'cherev arik achareyem, I will unleash the sword afterwards. And this focus on the sword, and actually this focus on the suffering getting worse and worse and worse, is actually reminiscent of the text that we encounter at the end of the book of Ayikra, Leviticus, in chapter 26, which we call the admonition of the Tochacha, the first part is, if you behave, I'll walk amongst you. My temple, my presence will be amongst you. But the second and the longer part of chapter 26 describes a series, a progressive series of punishments that await the people who have not listened to God, and even more than that, have violated the covenant. And look at chapter 26. It begins, chapter 26, the, the negative part of chapter 26, begins in chapter 26, verse number 14, and there's a series. If you fail to obey me, you fail to observe my mitzvot, if you reject my rules, once again, you find my laws repugnant, and then there's a list of terrible things that will happen, and in verse 18, but if you still fail to listen, then I will continue even more sevenfold. And then again in verse 21, if you walk with hostility with me and you refuse to listen, I'll send the animals against you. 23, if you still fail to listen, then I will continue to punish you sevenfold. And verse number 25 is very instructive. Chapter 26, verse 25 of the book of Ayikra. I will bring against you a sword. Verse 26, I will break the staff of bread. There'll be no food. And continues in verse number 27, this progressive description of punishment. And verse 33 I will scatter you amongst the nation, and I will unsheath the sword against you. That's exactly the language that we encounter in our chapter, in chapter 5, to unleash the sword against you, after you've been dispersed to the nations. It's exactly what it says. The, th- the third third I will throw to the wind, exactly the language of the book of Ayikra, and then unleash the sword against you. So the sword plays a central role in the admonition of the book of Ayikra. And actually, when you think about it, it's not that surprising. In the sense, the book of Yechezkel is about Yechezkel the prophet, but also Yechezkel the priest. At the center of the book is the temple. It's not like any other book. And it is not surprising that a text that the book of Yechezkel often comes back to is the book of Ayikra, the book of the priests. Torah Kohanim, not at all surprising. That's not to say that the only references in the book of Yechezkel is of Ayikra, that's not true. But the book of Jeremiah fundamentally accesses or relates to the book of Dvarim. The book of Yechezkel also connects to the book of Dvarim on many occasions, but at its core, Yechezkel the priest and the book of Yechezkel is more deeply connected to the book of Leviticus, to the book of the priests.